0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here y'all on this Monday, I recap a couple of interesting games over the weekend a win and a loss, a win over the Milwaukee Bucks, a loss to the kind of surging Houston Rockets. We'll break both of those games down for you, and even though it's a game day tonight as the Pelicans take on the Kings, we're not going to preview that game. We are going to instead talk more about the trade rumors, because we've got a little bit more details on probably where J.J. Redick is heading, and it should be no surprise, and I'll give you the latest update there. We'll actually lead off with all of the trade rumors, since I think that's the most interesting thing before breaking down the game. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. All right, so we get some updated trade rumors, courtesy of Shams, over at The Athletic, and it centers around J.J. Redick. And this is no real surprise here. Basically, it's saying that the Pelicans have focused on the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Boston Celtics as potential trade destinations for him. His family lives in Brooklyn, and he wants to kind of go back to the Northeast area. He stresses no deal is imminent, but... Kind of feels like a deal is imminent, right? A lot of this is David Griffin putting stuff out there in the media to try and raise the value of some of his players and to motivate them. As I said on the podcast the other day, I think some of the rumors out there, particularly about Lonzo Ball, were to try and motivate Lonzo Ball. And guess what? If you watch that Bucks game, that shit worked. So clearly, he knows what he's doing, and he is very friendly with the um, NBA media. Like, yes, I can tell you this. So. With that in mind, you know, take some of this with a grain of salt that maybe they're not gonna just send them there to send them there, they're gonna try and do right by the team. And I've seen some of the stuff of people saying that you know the Pelicans are doing right by their players. I actually don't buy into that, and maybe that's a segment for another day if people wanna know that much. I think it's just happenstance that they end up kinda doing the right thing by people. But if they can kinda get JJ Redick there and it's the best return for the team, they will certainly do that. And frankly, all three of those teams, make a crap ton of sense for JJ Redick so there's probably a win-win scenario here. Redick hasn't played in these last two games, did not play against the Houston Rockets, did not play against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's leading people to think that a deal is imminent. I don't think that they're holding out because they're h- h- holding him out because they're about to trade him. I think they're holding him out because he's shooting under 30% from 3 this season. There's just simply no point in playing him. He doesn't give you defense and if he's not going to give you shooting, you know what? As much as I like J.J. Reddick, it's probably not worth playing J.J. Reddick. It's really that simple. Alonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe on the flip side helped their trade value, I think, these past two games, particularly with their explosion against the Milwaukee Bucks, which we'll touch on in the next segment as we kind of recap that game, but... You know, I think they're going to still try and get what they can. Those guys aren't in the future. And if you watched Kyra Lewis Jr. in the Houston game, they certainly want to start giving him more minutes, and they should be giving him more minutes. And frankly, if they think that Kyra Lewis Jr. and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are the backcourt of the future, you should probably play those guys and start them at some point. Like, you just should. Throw them in there with Zion and Brandon Ingram and Steven Adams, the rest of your starting unit. Two of those three guys, and B.I. and Zion being the core going forward. Well, then, just play them together you got to see if they fit and what they can do. And I think that's eventually going to be the right move. Pels are only four games under 500. It's not like they're getting, you know, like blown out here. And maybe it's not, you know, when you look at where they are, they are out of the East. They're just two games out in the wind column. They're two games behind. Um, everything to try and get in there in the wind column. So you know what? They're they're not in panic mode just yet, but if you think that you're starting to shift towards a longer-term view of things and not a this-year view on things... Just play the young guys. Like, give Kyra Lewis Jr. minutes. That's the big thing. I think he has much more of a ceiling than Nikhil Alexander-Walker does, and I want to see more minutes of him. And you know what? He was really good against the Houston Rockets in a game that New Orleans kind of struggled with, and that's a really interesting one, and we'll get to that here in today's show as well. But yeah, look, I I think a trade's imminent. Usually when there's rumors going on around this team, they don't just linger, right? Like, the Drew Holiday stuff really, like, you know when you're like, there's smoke, there's fire. There was, like, just big-ass plumes of black smoke come in right be- immediately before drew holiday was traded i'd gone to bed early and then was like oh crap okay you got traded and woke up to record so we could get an emergency podcast up but this is kind of that feeling right like don't you kind of feel like oh something's about to happen i think you know nothing's necessarily imminent and i don't think they're not playing him because they have a deal lined up i think it's more he had just been bad may as well give those minutes to other people but at the same point it doesn't mean that a deal's not coming And I definitely think that a deal is coming and it was always going to be him getting traded this year. If the Pelicans weren't solidly in playoff contention, he's not a long-term fit. He's not a long-term piece for this team. You may as well get something for him. It's just a smart move to do. Same thing looking at Lonzo Ball, if he's not part of the future and Eric Bledsoe, if you get value for Bledsoe, they'll pull the trigger. If they don't, they probably won't. But overall, those three guys on in the in terms of guard play, you know, as this team kind of comes and goes because it's been inconsistent, yeah, those are the guys that are most likely to get moved out. And I think that's what you'll end up seeing, at least with JJ Reddick this season. So expect that trade to be coming fairly soon. So, coming up, we're going to talk more about the weekend. The Pelicans getting a big win over the Bucks. That's coming up here in the next segment. Before we do that, though, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or InStyle Magazine, maybe even Forbes, and I'm excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely Beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at Bluenile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to make a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Pelicans here, but what about the rest of like all sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So the Pelicans played two games over the weekend, one and one during that stretch with a big win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe not big, at one point the lead was big. They had a 29-point lead over the championship contending two-time MVP Bucks, Giannis, and and the Bucks, I guess, maybe the best way to put it. The return game in the regular season for Drew Holiday, getting a really nice reception from the crowd there. Um, So if you were in the stands and the Pelicans doubled the capacity, it's very cool to see him back. Probably the most beloved player In Pelican's history Maybe him and David West And then of course Not the best player of course Or the second best player even But beloved Just because he kind of did right By the franchise And he is an example of someone The franchise did mostly right by though It's not like a contender Wasn't going to trade for Drew Or he was going to get traded to a bad team But anyway he came back by the way 22 points on the night um, 9 rebounds and 5 assists Not enough though for the Bucks to get a win Because New Orleans won 131-126 And yes they had a 29 point lead Ended up winning by five and they needed every ounce of that 29 point lead basically this game came down to the pelicans coming out firing looking good and hot on like all cylinders brandon ingram 28 points on the night zion williamson 21 but it's the backcourt that's shown and they needed a game like this Eric Bledsoe facing off against his former team, 25 points, 7 of 14 from 3. Seven made threes. Lonzo Ball, much maligned, recently had a real good first half earlier in the week and then finished off with a really good game here against the Milwaukee Bucks. 27 points, 8 assists. He was 7 of 13 from 3. Combined, they were 19 of 41. Overall, that's pretty good. So here's here's how this game kind of goes. And it kind of sums up the Pelicans. You know what you're gonna get from Zion and from Brandon Ingram on a nightly basis. And you know Steven Adams is gonna do just enough to kind of help you out, even if he doesn't do it in scoring. He finished with four points, but 20 rebounds, 10 offensive boards and 10 defensive boards. Four points, 20 rebounds for him. You know, in a weirdly impactful game, and it was. Uh, By the way, Pelicans did not do a good job of getting second-chance points on that. So once they grabbed those 10 boards, they didn't do a good job of converting those opportunities, only getting uh, 13 total points on second-chance points. That's bad off of that many 12 offensive rebounds total. Anyway, besides the point. So the... Pelicans backcourt stepped up, and look at that. The Pelicans won. Their guard play has just been inconsistent all season long. You have games from Eric Bledsoe where it's like, oh yeah, that dude can score 30 on any given night if his shot's falling. Lonzo Ball is a very valuable contributor to the Pelicans offense when his three-point shot is falling. And it did in this game to the tune of seven points. He made three other shots that weren't three-pointers. Clearly, if he shoots the three ball well, he's impactful. If he isn't, he, he's n- not, at least offensively. We'll talk about his defense in Houston and uh, against Houston here in a second. If these guys were consistent, it, w- there wouldn't be trade talks around them. But that's the thing, right? We're going to look at their game against Houston and it's like, w- what happened? We were hoping this win. And look, it's a good win. You need that. These guys balled out. And you got a victory that's a nice thing to see. They came out firing. They built up a strong lead. And then when the Bucks started playing better, and they did in the second half, Giannis basically went ham in the second half and route to 38 points total. But he was remarkable in the second half doing everything he could to try and get the team back in it. And the Pelicans really didn't have an answer to that, nor should they, right? It's Giannis, the two-time MVP, had 29 points in the second half. And the Bucks put up a ton of points in the third quarter making adjustments, 44 to be exact. But if the Pelicans get well-rounded contributions from their team, from their starters, and not everyone needs to score above 20 on any given night or have 20 boards, right? Just more than what they've been. This team can compete. The problem is these guys aren't consistent. But credit for them for coming out and looking a little bit more engaged and a little bit more focused, particularly Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. And when I was talking about it, I thought David Griffin said this stuff in the media about the trade rumors to motivate his guys. Something about it worked. Maybe not directly, maybe that's not what the exact type of play was because of that in response to that, but something worked, right? There's no other way to really say that. Um, and so if they do that, these guys are very valuable. If they don't, though, yeah, you want them off of this team. And so the question then became after this Bucks wing, yay, enjoy it, we're happy. But will they do this on the second night of a back-to-back against the Houston Rockets? And look, this is what... Um, Lonzo Ball said about this game too. He said after the game, "It's just about trying to, uh, about staying aggressive and staying true to the work I put in. I knew it was going to turn around sooner re- or later, but one game is not necessarily a turnaround. These could be blips." And he wasn't that aggressive in this game. It's just he took all those threes, and his shot happened to be falling. Is that aggression or is that converting shots? Right. That's kind of the big thing with him, the lack of aggression. He got into the paint, took three shots at the rim going one of three, okay? It's not bad. But when you look at him, it's his scoring and his impact in this one came from the three-point shot. If he has that, great. If he shot like this or even remotely like this all the time, I'd want him to stay on the team and you should probably give him an extension. The problem is it doesn't. He said this was going to turn around sooner or later. Okay, turned around in this game. But then the question becomes... Can this remain? Can he sustain this against the Houston Rockets? Well, let's talk about that coming up here in the next segment. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. You ready for the Super Bowl? Because I am, and I've been digging through all of the different props and debating if I really like Kansas City minus three on this one. So if you want to get in on the action, there's only one place I trust and one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus, free money right there. It's like you've already won a bet. You're a winner, and all you did was sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And look, the line tonight for the Pelicans against the Sacramento Kings, Pels are favored by four, Pels minus four. If you're feeling good about that, or maybe not feeling good about that, depending on how it goes, though, I think that one might be safe. Um, It's great to check them out and see all the different lines. If you want to bet on Zion's points, Brandon Ingram's points, rebounds, different things like that, they can make this as interesting as you want to make this game. And don't forget, use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I eat one of these things every single day. I spend my own money on them. That's how much I really like these things and how much I believe in this product. Every day around 12, I go work out. I grab a Built Bar, eat that, work out. It's basically my lunch too. I do it because these things are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they taste really good. I've tried so many different kinds of protein bars. And you know what? You like them enough. They get you what you need, but you're not expecting them to be good, and they don't have to be good, except, built bars. Are good, so you may as well eat the one that is good if you're going to take these. So if you want to give them a try, go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They come in unbelievably delicious flavors. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're like nothing out there on the market. I've been digging the uh, the mint brownie, but I just tried the double chocolate, and that's going to be one of the next ones that I ordered. You can order one box. You can order multiple boxes. That promo code will work again. So go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off on the rejecting the screen podcast feed right now host Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special podcast event here's stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe Bryant from teammates opponents coaches and journalists get both parts by subscribing to the rejecting the screen podcast immediately after you listen to Lockdown Pelicans today so I mentioned the Pelicans were taking on the Kings. They won against them uh, before. We're not going to preview that game tonight. Just enjoy it. Watch it. Have some fun with it. Hopefully the Pelicans get a win and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. And by the way, I've got a spicy show for you all. You want somewhat? I don't even know. It's probably going to be considered a hot take, but it's something I want to look at. And I rarely get into territory like this, but I'm going to go there tomorrow because I think it's a little bit interesting and frankly... I'm going to come off sounding homerish in tomorrow's show, which I I try not to overly do, right? I want to be objective for you all, shoot you straight as I say, and give you just the best like Pelicans thoughts that I can. I'm going to come in a little hot tomorrow, but it is going to be on the side of the Pelicans. So make sure you tune into that. We'll have a little bit of fun. And also we're probably going to piss some people off in a different city. Uh, So that's coming tomorrow on Locked On Pelicans. But the Pels did play a game on Saturday night, taking on the Houston Rockets. And look, this, this was a good game for the Pelicans for three quarters. They won the first quarter. They won the uh, third and fourth quarter, too, by a good bit. Like, they could have cruised to uh, a good enough victory, right? Like, not amazing, but you know what? This Rockets team is better than um, people gave them credit for, even after the James Harden trade. They've got a lot going for them in terms of players. They're trying really hard. They're kind of there as, like, a cohesive unit. And then... So it would have been a good victory for New Orleans. You just don't want to write this Houston Rockets team off. They won five straight now, including this one. It was that second quarter for New Orleans, that freaking second quarter where they were outscored 48 to 22 that this game fell apart. And look, New Orleans was doing just good enough. 26 points out of Zion Williamson on the night. Um, a quieter game from Brandon Ingram, which you don't want to see from him, but they got some bench scoring in 10 points from Jackson Hayes, 13 from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and then late in the game, you had Kyra Lewis Jr. score 10 points on five shots, including going two of two from three and getting to the line four times. It was a really good showing from the, uh, the rookie who should be getting more minutes and should be getting more minutes after these trades go down. It was that freaking second quarter, and it was a stretch late in the second quarter that did it. This game was tied. This game was tied at one point for New Orleans before you hit four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. So four and a half minutes left to go in the half and the Pelicans completely, completely unraveled. They were outscored during that time, 26 to 11, 26 points for the Houston Rockets in four and a half minutes. That is one just really, really bad defense. Anyway, the Pelicans scored just 11. Here's who shot during that four and a half minute period. The Pelicans were four of 10 overall, O of three from three. So they were four of seven when they weren't just ripping threes here. Brandon Ingram in four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter was O for one. one, O for one Did get to the line and scored three points, but O for one Zion Williamson, one of three, in three minutes of action. Steven Adams, don't even worry about him. He didn't even have a single stat in this other than be minus 15 in four and a half minutes. Eric Bledsoe, two of four, four points. Lonzo Ball, one of two for two points. Both those guys each shot a three. Josh Hart and Akil played during this stretch, didn't um, register any shot attempts. So you have four and a half minutes to go in the game and Brandon Ingram takes one shot. Gets the line twice, so it's three shots, right? Like three possessions he was used on. When you factor that in Zion during that stretch, one of three, including a three point attempt, you had four shots. So equaling the total of both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram in Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball shooting one more shot. And then one of them being a three then Brandon Ingram. That's not how you win a game. So when the defense wasn't there either, they were just allowing those guys to kind of do whatever they wanted. Victor Oladipo was 4 of 6 during this. Christian Wood in a revenge game somewhat was 3 of 3. 13 points for Depot, 8 points for Christian Wood. And Stephen Adams kind of had no answer for him throughout the entirety of the night. Even after going at him early on, and like Stephen Adams was the focal point of the offense in the first quarter for a chunk of it. But no answer for the guard playing Victor Oladipo, 13 points, no answer down low. When that's going to happen, you're going to lose. And New Orleans got run out of the Smoothie King Center in those four and a half minutes. This is unacceptable. I, I don't mind losing to the Houston Rockets. I don't mind losing in general right now, but it's what you show in those losses. Same thing in wins too. It's why I didn't think the win against the Washington Wizards was particularly good and particularly inspiring, and why when you come out and play well against the Bucks, I'm going to take note of that. Only if you're able to really keep it going. And the Pelicans weren't in this one. This four and a half minute stretch shows they've got some problems here. You can't let Christian Wood do that. You can't let Victor Oladipo do that. A chunk of that's on the guards. Oladipo going four of six no you've got to limit him and um, in this game Lonzo Ball had done a good job of playing defense for the most part he was kind of wrecking havoc particularly in the second half against the Houston Rockets backcourt where was he here Wasn't there. Your offense should not be going through Eric Bledsoe taking four shots. Not when you have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And this is where this team needs to try and figure some of this stuff out. Because that is unacceptable and that's going to lose you the game. And it did. They won every other quarter. Except they got blown out in the second. And it wasn't the whole second quarter. It was four and a half minutes. Stan Van Gundy's got to look at this and have something ready to go. Or get these guys playing right. Some of it's on them too. They just need to execute a little bit better. But when Eric Bledsoe is taking those many shots, you need to be like, you're not fucking shooting anymore. In a timeout or something. Or Draw up specific plays to spring Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram because that is, you're just not winning games if that's the type of game that you're playing. And New Orleans lost this one because of that damn stretch. Would have been a win. And the Pelicans could be on a winning streak right now. But no, four and a half minutes is what doomed them. In this one and it was just disappointing to see. The good news is you got really quality minutes from Kyra Lewis Jr. in this one. You know, you had 13 points on 13 shots, which is bad for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and he's not being a particularly good shooter right now. But I'm excited about the Kyra Lewis Jr. minutes. He was good in the stretch, in command, looking like he wanted to run an offense and I want to see more of him um, significantly going forward if this is how this team's going to play. Christian Wood, 27 points by the way, 11 of 13 in somewhat of a revenge game I told you this interior defense for the Pelicans is bad you know they limit the shots by giving up too many open three-pointers but when teams get inside and score as Christian Wood did um, that's going to doom you he did. Uh, Victor Oladipo was great in this one too. Twenty points for the Rockets. weren't really able to limit him nearly as much, though. They did a good job of limiting John Wall. That's the defense I was talking about from Lonzo Ball earlier. But look, the backcourt didn't score and play offense to the same degree as they did against the Milwaukee Bucks. Eric Bledsoe, fifteen points on thirteen shots, two of eight from three. Nope. Lonzo Ball, three of eight overall, one of six from three, seven points. It, that's that's not getting it done. Like This is what I mean. Those That great game they have against the Bucs is kind of washed out by this one. If they play a little bit better or you get some more offense out of them, and look, it's on them, that's where you can win these games. But because the Pelicans' backcourt is so inconsistent, they're going to show up in trade rumors because you just can't keep having this happen. It's one thing to be inconsistent over the course of a year, right? Like then it all evens out and you look fine. And that's in general kind of what happens for a lot of players. But when you're a new team, a new head coach trying to integrate a system, get people on the same page, having them show up one night and not the next night kills a lot of the flow and chemistry that the Pelicans are trying to build. And that's where it really, really hurts this team. I think so this right now, ain't working for New Orleans, and they really need to look at this, and they definitely need to shake up the roster, and these people who are inconsistent need to figure it out, need to be coached up maybe too, or they need to be shipped out. And that's probably the most likely scenario. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and we will be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.